Welcome back to Live with the Villain in True Styles, featuring the GS14. With me, like always, my co-host, Joey, a.k.a. True Styles. It's Monday, November 6, 2023. I'm your boy, the Villain. What's good, True Styles? Everything's good. Everything's good. Life is good. We're all here. Everybody smiled today at some point, and we got a lot to talk about. Okay, I'm seeing we do got a lot, and kind of this first segment's going to be pretty big, so I want to get right into it. Um, I want to go into the Rangers Diamondback World Series ratings. They are the Oof. lowest ever. We Oof. kind of talked about it last episode a little bit, um, but I do want to start with the congratulations to the Texas Rangers for their first World Series title. It turns out, though, the TV ratings doesn't seem like a lot of people in America and the world has watched it. Average 9.1 million viewers for five games down from the previous lows of 9.8 million in 2020. What What is that telling us? It's just follow up what we talked about earlier. They said maybe the fall classic is um, dead seeing it, or is it the small market teams? I think it's a combination of a few things. Uh, the small market teams are obviously going to have a role. Um, as you and I both know, being up in this area, we're Red Sox, Yankee people, and those are obviously the bigger market teams. We also will be quick to mention, <clears throat> we don't pay attention to baseball until we get to the fall, right? And, and that's that's how it is for a lot of people who are casual viewers. The casual viewership for baseball, I don't think there's anything to gravitate towards. One of our friends made a comment last week after our show that there's there's really no players from the States that American players will gravitate to. When I think of baseball, I think baseball is a universal sport played around the world, and it's played outside of the United States in a heavier fashion. Um, I took a quick peek at the rosters for the, for the World Series. I only know two names on there. On, on both of those rosters, I saw two names, and I'm pretty affluent to sports. Baseball is not really my forte. Evan Longoria is one player that I noticed. He plays for the Diamondbacks. He goes back a decade or so, and I know him because of Eva Longoria. Just being real. I don't really know him like that, okay? The other one I know is a role as Chapman. The only reason I know him because he's throwing 100 miles an hour over 10 years ago, and he's a relief pitcher now, correct? So yes, he... when I think about baseball in the United States, or even we'll call it America, there's not a lot of American players for players to gravitate towards. As you know, most sports, there's always somebody in the crowd that looks down on that field and says, I can relate to that person. Now, with that being said, baseball doesn't promote their players, as we know. And I always wonder if it's a language barrier. I mean, the best player in baseball doesn't speak English, I believe, and that's Shohei Otani. Maybe he does now, but he has a translator. Most of the prominent players that I've noticed when I happen to tune in to, say, the home run the home run batting or the home run uh, derby, I'll notice there's translators sometimes for the, for the players. And if, again, they, it's a different language. So although it's here in America, is it really an American sport? Um, I, I think that could be the, the challenge with the viewership. And as you know, viewership is rated upon legit viewers. How many people are streaming? Uh, how many people are actually watching the game that don't subscribe to what we know as traditional cable TV? Um, so there's a whole different demographic that baseball attracts that might not be on your local live network. That could be also the issue. And I think we mentioned the uh, lack of marketing. It's horrible. Okay. Well, I kind of want to keep this thing going a little bit. Um, so both. Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks fall into this category where I want to continue this kind of move this segment going is I want to read this to you. But in the beginning of the, the year, mm. there was something like where these small market teams rely on something what I'm about to talk to. And 
these two teams survived it. So there is a fallout on all this, but I want to at least bring this up because this was an article we talked about while we were still getting ready to do this podcast. And it's kind of coming to light, so I want to share this with people. So the beginning of the year, Valley Sports Sinclair Sports Channels were preparing, which they did, for bankruptcy. This would include the Valley Sports RSN, which is the regional sports network. The company called Diamond Sports Group, LLC, which runs Sinclair Sports Channels, is reportedly $8.6 billion in debt, which they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sinclair owes $55 billion in sports media rights. A bankruptcy could put payments to MLB, which this is the league that had the most trouble, NBA and NHL at risk. The reports that Sinclair just missed another $140 million interest payment that was due in mid-February, which they did. And this was first reported by sports business journalist columnist John O'Ran. Mm-hmm. So when this came out, we talked about this, but this was a pod that never got released. Like, this is... Like, we're starting to see the fallout and all this. Now, granted, NBA and NHL didn't have the problem. Like, when we talk about the sports region, we're talking about teams like the Texas Rangers, the Diamondbacks. This sports regency money may give them an extra $50 million or $25 million to pay some of their payroll, the concession stands. These small market teams mm. are counting on this. Mm-hmm. And as I get into this other part of it, as the more current and updated stuff, um, they also, like... Valley Sports has this. They had an issue as well on November 2nd. Is an issue with their Valley Sports Plus app, which kept local users from being able to watch the Wolves on Monday and Wednesday and national users from being able to watch various other games. Now, you pay $19.99 a month for you get with this Valley Sports. You know, this also affects 14 MLB teams, mm-hmm. 17 NBA teams, and 13 mm-hmm. NHL teams that are kind of linked to this Valley Sports thing. Now they're, ha- they're having technical issues. Everything that Valley Sports touches turns out to be a mess. Now they're having all this bankruptcies. Now these teams, these 14 MLB teams, 17 NBA teams, and 13 NHL teams really counted on this money. But the MLB is the ones who really took a hit on this. Because when this first came out, the NBA and NHL seasons were over. Mm-hmm. So now... Hearing this, as I got other stuff on this, some fallouts and stuff, what do you, what's your thought on this right off the bat? And I, I got some ways, like what I'm seeing further, and I ain't gonna bring out the biggest fallout team yet, which is the Padres. But what's your take on that? What I just read out to you? Well, I just think that a lot of these parent companies are absorbing themselves in a lot of ways, and it just feels like. Like, for example, you know, Sinclair, they were accused of wrongly siphoning $1.5 billion from a subsidiary that they were operating, you know, through these local network sports channel groups. And then they end up filing bankruptcy. If you look at it this way, all these regional sports networks are locked into long-term deals. And it just seems like now with uh, the, the pays escalating on all the fees, you know, it's all on a per-subscriber per basis. It's only going to get worse. Um, when you have a per subscriber basis contract agreement, you earmarked X amount of subscribers for the next five or six years. As an example, they might say to the city of, of Omaha, just as an example, and they they host that local team. Um, you know, you you have X amount, you have 600 subscribers on your network. 
and we're going to charge you $10 per subscriber. So at the end of five years, this is going to be a lump sum payment or this is what you're going to pay throughout the year. That's going to be affected right away. And I think that's going to cause damage around other networks to have to compensate and make up for it. Um, or, or we could get a larger entity come in and just buy everything up and cut out all those middlemen and, and, and be the, the, the cream on the crop. If you look at like Comcast, they're partnered up with NBC. They're essentially owned each other. Right. And then you got like, uh, like ABC owns Disney along with a multi multitude of other channels. So it's really a matter of a big giant probably going to come in, create a different platform and absorb all these teams or excuse me, absorb all these networks. And for those that really don't understand where we're going with this, RSN is a regional sports network. Like, uh, you know, if you're in the area up here, the Celtics play on a regional sports network um, and where the, the Patriots play on national TV. So that's some of the differences people don't really understand. Those small networks actually filter a lot of money through them and a lot of operating costs go into them as well. I think that ultimately the end user, which is the fan, we're already suffering because now there are there was times we couldn't see games. But you know what happens when taxes go up? Who gets hit? The end user, in this case, the customer, the client, the fan. You know, the, the person watching, the person viewing, it, it's it's one of those things where it's it's the money is very, very high up there for a, a person like you and I to understand and put in everyday perspective. So we're just going to see it with five, six dollar increases on all these other apps going across as they consume each other. That's my thought and theory on it. Which is crazy. Like, I want to kind of piggyback off this, like how you figure there's going to be other people to pick this up. But as of today, this is what's just mind blowing about the situation. Sinclair, Sinclair Broadcasting Group has offered roughly $850 million in partnership with Bailey, Chair, SoCam, to regain control of its bankrupt uh, Diamond Sports Group. To me, it's like a last gas to keep the decades-old regional sports network alive. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't pay your bills before of the, what would I say, the $8.6 billion in debt. Um, you still owe fifty five billion, and now you're trying to rebuy something back. back. Well, that's yeah, probably what I like, mean. They're absorbing themselves. It's kind of like you file bankruptcy and you start over. I feel like they want to take all that back, but they need to take it back with the understanding that with all the cord cutting, and people are now decreasing their their viewership behind some of these networks. And as they start streaming, where are they going to gain that revenue back? Because now, if you're in a different platform, your commercial ads don't pay as much. They're not as lucrative in that regard. So it, it's like I, I think I think the, the the trick here is to kind of dissolve something below me because it's not a profitable name. Write it all off, buy it back at a lower cost, and start over. That's kind of what it sounds like to me on the outside. But again, we're talking billions. You and I, we deal with thousands. <laughs> these these guys are dealing with billions. So to them. It's just kind of like a drop in the you know a quarter in the pail right now. It's just small stuff. Is this is this almost like a, a an average person filing bankruptcy and still being able to keep their house? Is this basically yeah. what this is like? When I was reading it, I was just like, you, you they got and like, is it a dying network too? Because like, so one of the fallouts on this is I want well, to kind of keep this going. Is, I, I think it is happening right before us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you it's know, baseball's obviously suffering as you were starting to mention, but you're right. So, I'm going to I'm going to show what I mean by that. So, 
Some of the fallout for the regional sports network is, bankruptcy is coming out of San Diego Padres Oof. by borrowing $50 million loan in September to address short-term cash flow issues and meeting financial obligations. So they had to come up with this uh, loan to be able to pay. Among the obligations was the team's $250 million opening day payroll, which is the third most in baseball this past year. So they didn't have enough for payroll. Like they counted on that sports regional network money. Mm. It's just crazy to me. Well, see, you know? I mean, San Diego, it came to its surface. I mean, but is that market, is that city always in trouble? Um, Cause I know they, the charges, yeah, the charges left for the football. They haven't had a basketball team in years. I think they're now the Clippers. Um, I just think that that market itself, like Miami, those southern markets in the sunny states and the sunny environments, they just don't seem to do well with sports. Um, I, I was told people like to be outside, but I, I just think it's a coincidence or is that ironic that the char- excuse me, the Chargers, the uh, San Diego Padres are the first team in trouble. Um, are we do we expect Miami Marlins next? Because I know they've always had financial woes. But the difference is maybe is the fact that their payroll isn't as high in Miami as in um ah. in San Diego. Remember, they were signing all them big contracts. I mean, they what they had Tate, Man, uh, Manny Machado, yep. um, they uh, Xavier Bogards, um, Xander Bogards, so Xander Bogards, whatever, um, Tatis Jr., Tate, Tate Jr., um, Soto. They mean that they they had all all they they, they were getting big contract the big contract. They've all of a sudden wanted to be this big market team because they were getting this revenue and now they don't got it. And now they're starting to get a fallout on it. So does this mean, does this mean payroll is not going to take place for certain players? Does this mean teams go bankrupt? What, is, what does this really mean to, uh, to us? I'll call us the end user, the fan. Does this sound like we're just all of a sudden their game is going to be blacked out? Um, how does this happen? Is this something that the government steps in and says, look, you can't have just uh, content disappearing. I know we had a writer strike, but we still had content on TV, right? We can't afford to put these professional teams on TV. How does that work? That's why I guess we're having this conversation where where does this really go? And it's so behind the scenes. They're only letting so much information out. The world needs to research this because this is major. I think this is a well, major I- shift in how we uh and how we address channeling versus networks. You know, I think this is a well, rebranding were- of how we view things altogether. Like well, my son says, ads, we call them commercials. Right? It's different time, different branding. I think that's what's going to take place. So probably use apps rather than channels. Well, I look at this. They will probably get a loan from MLB to make them financial wheels. You know, uh, the whole the whole financial. But will Emma, they will have to look into the Padres financial books, too. Almost like getting ordered by the RRS. But they will get a loan. I mean, that them... They, they're not going to let these checks bounce. There's no way about it. I mean, kind of similar to something like, didn't that happen in the NBA with the Pelicans where they went into yep. um, receivership? Yeah. They went into receivership, yeah, receivership and they were owned by the league for about two years. That's when Chris Paul got bounced over to the Lakers and they rescinded it and then he ended up going to the Clippers. Um, yeah, that, that sounds to me like that's sitting in that place where there are certain entities, there are certain large we're calling revenue generating things in this country that the government's just not going to let fold. Like when, when the cars were in uh, Ford and, and Chevy had some issues, excuse me, when uh, GM and Chrysler had challenges for, I mean, the government stepped in. I feel this is something where I don't think the government's got to step in right away, but you start talking about 
close to 50 major American sports teams being affected, something's going to have to take place. And then when you have apps that are failing, that's not good. And I, I one thing I will say to make us all laugh, I bet if there was a, if it was a betting app or, if it, you know, Bally's does do betting. They are casino people, just in case anybody didn't realize that. It is the same Bally's that runs the casinos. Um, it'd be pretty interesting to see if their betting app went down, how quickly they would, it would be, uh, you know, fixed, right back resolved. Yeah, I just think there's certain things that this is from the outside. I don't think there's a lot of room for you and I to really know what's going on because it'll just get resolved, you know, behind the scenes because they're not just going to all of a sudden wake up and the San Diego Padres aren't in existence. Um, we're not just going to wake up and all of a sudden you can't watch Minnesota Timberwolves games. Somebody's going to step in and absorb that. Somebody's going to take a hit. And, you know, that's the way the world works where we start taking hits and we invest in stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, I want to dive into this. This is your specialty. So I'm definitely going to let learn from you on this one. YouTube's <laughs> NFL Sunday ticket facing a one point two seven billion in annual losses true styles yeah this is your specialty break this (sighs) down for everyone why is this happening well i think it's a combination of a few things um the nfl has really let me back up a second i know direct tv owned the package um for years and i working for a competitor to direct tv for almost 20 years now i feel that's what kept direct tv in business was the was the nfl package those channels, I mean, the bars were charging $1,400, $1,500 a month. They charge by seating capacity. That's the other thing. So they were able to charge folks by, you know, if your bar holds 75 people, that's the cost of your ticket. Uh, that's the way it goes even for pay-per-view. So the NFL had that that gripped with DirecTV. And as time went on, it started to phase out. People started finding ways to stream. The price, the package had to come down, but people's payroll didn't come down. The NFL players are still making that money. So if you look at all that, the way the world started to shrink around the TV revenue uh, as streaming takes over over traditional broadcasting, that's one effect. Um, I also think that the NFL Red Zone had a really big effect on that stuff because let's talk about this. We're here in, we're here in New England, and one of the things that when I used to sell against DirecTV, I would say to folks that own the bar that I'm trying to get their, my service in there over DirecTV because they think the football package is big. My thing I would say, especially up here in New England, do you really feel that the Minnesota Vikings versus Cincinnati Bengals is going to draw you a crowd? Do you think that's going to bring in a whole table of people going to fill your uh, going to fill your, your your bar, especially here in the, in, the, in the Patriots market? I think with that, back to the regional sports stuff, I think teams started to surface more within their own markets. People started to appreciate their own teams now. It wasn't just the Cowboys the 49ers and the major teams in your, in your, in your network, you actually get your local teams. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the Patriots are blacked out when we were kids, but we saw the giants. We saw the Cowboys. We saw the bears. We saw the steel. We even saw my dolphins a little bit, right? We saw the bills cause they were good. Now every team is supported by their market. So you don't need that package to watch your local team anymore. The package was outselling to other, excuse me, to foreign markets for foreign teams. Um, they were losing a lot of money a year, DirecTV. And I think that's what's keeping them afloat. And yeah, was direct to, DirecTV was losing tremendous money. The DirecTV has been paying $1.5 billion a year for the rights, losing about $500 million annually. It was correct. a loss leader. Now, I think the loss started when the red zone surfaced. Because I know for me, I was watching the red zone rather than watching local watching the local games. 
if you're a Patriots fan in this area, you watch the Pats, and then that 4 o'clock game, you watch the red zone. I don't know anybody that doesn't watch red zone. So think about it. Why do you want to watch? Well, maybe you don't, but the red zone <laughs> is, I think that's a clear indicator of what really happened. Now, DirecTV, if I'm not mistaken, I think the time frames line up. AT&T bought out DirecTV shortly after the package is gone. AT&T smart. <laughs> they knew that this isn't where it's going anymore. And then obviously fantasy football played a huge part in, 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 uh, in, in the red zone. The red regime. zone. Yeah, so that's what I mean. The red zone was a big part. That's my opinion. Now, these aren't facts that I was able to research, but I think that AT&T now has got rid of that because, like, we don't need you anymore either. So that, to me, was like, we'll buy this, dump it off, get rid of it. And now YouTube went and bought it. But here's the thing. Here's the, here's the thing that, that I feel that Google, a.k.a. YouTube TV, thought, feels, and understands it'll be a profitable margin for them. There's really no middleman. Think about it. They own their own network. YouTube TV is its own thing by Google. Yes, they pay subscriber rights to local channels to have it on there. And we can get into how ESPN sits on YouTube TV's network. I'll explain that in a little bit. But ultimately, if you are your own network, you're, you're cutting out that middleman. That might give YouTube TV a little bit of a little bit of padding where they could see it as a profit. But I just okay. don't know if out-of-market teams are now interested, interesting enough for people that are in their own local market. Well, AT&T spun it off. DirecTV is no longer owned by AT&T. Okay, um, so that was, what, thanks. a three or four-year uh, stint, maybe? Uh, G GS14, who uh, provided me with this, can you give us the, the spin-off? Correct, he I, said, three, I, three, three years? Because I think it was around 2017, 2018. Well, and then I also realized that once DirecTV was purchased by AT&T, they were no longer able to provide commercial buildings with direct tv service it was about a year where they had to reapply for permits or something it has something to do with uh with copyrights and at&t wasn't licensed I, again i don't know the, the exact details but i just know direct tv was not selling the bars anymore and then shortly after that we're hearing this well so, true styles tell me if i'm did i hear this wrong when like direct tv was going into bars so say you had a big enough bar they could mm -hmm. the, could the the football package cost a bar like 10 grand a season if yeah, it was big all day. enough, all oh, day. wow. So on wow. average, there's uh 14 to 1700 bucks a month back in 2015, 16 was the average cost of a small bar in, in, in Rhode Island. I'll be specific in Northern Rhode Island. That's where I had a lot of competition at that time. And it was about 14 to six, 16, 1700 bucks a month for the package. Um, and direct TV was priced out right along with the other vendors, as far as your, your average services. And that kind of ties into how everything else is, is, is paid as well. When it comes to so, subscriptions. But DirecTV is still the main distributor to bars and restaurants. I don't know about that anymore. I, 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 I don't know. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't doubt it because here in the Northeast, cable and in Celex, meaning competitive local exchange carriers, are the primary delivery. Um, when it comes to the Midwest and out West, DirecTV has and was dominating when I was in that sales industry. And I, I, we couldn't even look. In other words, it was, it was, yeah, you're right. They were dominating out there. And you got to remember too, there's a lot of rural and remote areas and you face that satellite dish in the Southwest direction and you're good. Oh, I just want to get into two quick things. One black house are probably coming back around here. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, Belichick's, I mean, Belichick's gone. Well, he might be gone, uh, right? 
Is that uh, what we're talking I, about? Hey, I, no, well, just, what could happen? They might trade him to Washington. There's a hey, thing out there. I made strong mention. I said, look. You know, if Harbaugh comes up, it all makes sense. The whole Michigan thing, even Brady came from Michigan. I mean, the Patriots would have a great way to continue the culture. Bring Harbaugh. He's from Michigan. Brady's from Michigan. They all know how to cheat. It works. Vabril. Vabril. They're going to bring in Mike uh, Vabril. I bet. Okay. Okay. I was getting excited uh, 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 for a minute. But I will say this. I did watch Red Zone up until I got the – I did get the NFL ticket this year. So now I just go right – I just go right to my guy. They're like – one of my uh, fan duels, if one of my guys are playing and they're at the goal line, I just yep. go right to the game. Forget the red zone. <laughs> That's funny. No, one thing, too, though, the Internet service um, in bars was always tough, spotty, because it gets expensive on the commercial side. So I think that may have also had an effect on how bars and, and, uh, and restaurants were able to stream and, and get that content into their into their premise. So that's one thing we all look at in a lot of ways. But also, man, one thing I, I will explain, what a lot of folks don't understand is when you are a network provider, you have costs beyond what you can bring in, per se. So when you think about a cable company or even direct TV, you know, your bill is about 80 bucks a month on average before you start getting in equipment rental fees. But your, your first 80 to 100 channels is about 80 bucks a month. What people don't realize is there's only four or five different vendors within that channel lineup that own all those channels. So I'll give you like an example, ABC slash Disney. Um, they own roughly 17 of those 80 channels. Disney, Marvel, ABC is theirs, ESPN, Lifetime, A&E, Toon Disney, National Geographic. Those are all owned by ABC. Then you have the other two major networks, which would be Turner, which is also um, Time Warner. Uh, they own quite a few channels. Uh, I think they're about... 15 to 16 channels in there. And then you have the Discovery Networks, which have about, wow. again, about 15 channels in there, including like Oprah, the Cooking Channel, Cinemax, Travel Channel, Science Channel, uh, TLC. Those are all, the, a lot of those channels fall under those three major networks I just mentioned. So I'll give you a, a number example. ABC, of that 70 or 80 bucks, I don't know what the number is, but back in the late 2000s, like 09, 2010, they were collecting about $10 per subscriber on cable so wow. of that 70 bucks ten dollars of that would go towards abc then i think turner was next which is now time warner they would collect like seven and that gives you true tv tnt tbs spike tv that's all under one network they were like seven dollars and then you have the discovery network was like seven or eight bucks so right there you're at 25 dollars out of the 70 i think the number is different but that's just how it works so when you start cutting out those those folks and you own the platform maybe that's where the revenue can increase and then, like I said, we call them commercials. There's a little bit more put involved. My son calls them ads. And I, I feel like there's a different way they're programmed than the way they're, they're inserted into the, into the mainstream content. Wow. Okay. Wow. So then prices seem uh, astronautical. And again, oh, those are just ballpark figures. I have to assume of the 70 or 80 bucks that we spend on those basic channels, I think ABC probably takes close to 20 of that. I, again, wow. I don't know, but I, I know it's up there because it was up there a decade and a half ago. And we know ESPN is struggling because their revenue is is looked this way, and that's why they're laying off people. And the so, thing so, about ads is people skip them. So Go you ahead. think it was a bad move by YouTube to take on this package? Do you think well, they're gonna move off it? No, I think it was a safe move because they own their own stuff. They don't have as much of a middleman to deal with. However, with streaming now, 
and, and uh, crack streams and all these meth streams, all these little hack sites, they just took off and they're having a tough time dissecting them out of their network as well. Because one thing I could say, if you own a Chromebook, that is a YouTube or excuse me, that is a Google device. You would think they could filter out you going on to some of those sites that affect some of their pocket. But is that illegal for them to do? I don't know. Because I know people that stream from from uh, Chromebooks and they're, they're on those hack sites. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, I'm not paying 1400 bucks for a package ever again. I need to watch so TV. I, I will say I did pay for the package because I, the football, just because I wanted to watch the games. But it sounds like to me they're building a uh, contact Goliath. But what was it 300 like bucks? Would you pay for that? Yeah, I got the 300 one. Yeah, I got I got the early price one. But here's the thing: five, uh, ten years ago, I think it was around 500 bucks. With inflation, that's still it's 300 dollars is 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 actually going down a lot. You would think with inflation, it's a thousand bucks now for the for the package. But 300 dollars means it's almost like they're giving it away. Yeah, that's that's the early bird one. You know, and then you know the, the fees that are just the other thing is the uh. When you're in that type of space, the government wants their own gravy, and they have all these fees that they tell us they're going to be earmarked for future stuff that they never do it for. Take a look at your phone bill. Look at all those phone bogus charges. We don't even use phones anymore. A lot of that stuff they collected in taxes was for technology we don't even use anymore. So, like, if you look at your phone bill, your your home phone bill, it says number portability fee. It's like 23 cents. That was supposed to be for having long-distance calls being available on a local platform. But okay. that, yeah, I think DirecTV, excuse me, I think YouTube TV is safe because they're Google and they have a lot of other revenue coming in from other places. I don't really see them folding because of the direct because of the football package. They might just let it off and, and uh, maybe sub it out somewhere. So it, it, it could be one of those things where it's going to take 10 to 15 years to really show that net loss, but they'll have a net gain and somewhere else in another venture that they've invested in. I just want to leave it off with uh, on this topic that YouTube is now offering a promotion. Get it today on YouTube TV, starting at 174 with base plan for even more live sports or get it standalone. So they're trying every which way to get people to subscribe. So um, really quick, the math on that, YouTube TV is roughly $74 a month now. So for an extra $100, you're getting all that extra content. That's enticing. That's enticing. And that's maybe how they'll make up for it. I want to get start off with a, a want to give a All rest right. in peace to Matthew Perry. Um, well liked actor, sudden passed away at an early age. And I also want to give uh as well as a uh, rest in peace to Bobby Knight. Um, Big man who died who died Wednesday at the age of eighty three. He, he he was both a mythical figure who revolutionized the game with his motion offense and an emotional wellspring who never hid how he felt, sometimes at his own expense. His stamp on the game is undeniable. I mean, when he, when he left the game, he was on top as the most wins at 902. Well, here's the thing. He uh he coached the US the 84 Olympic team to the gold medal. And that's still the that's still the kind of staple of where the, our, our basketball really took off, you know, and for the for the states. Um he did win a national title as a player in 1960, 
Um, as you mentioned he, before he went away, he held a career record of 902 wins. He only had 371 losses. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Um, he won his first title in 1976 with Indiana University. He went undefeated that year. Dude, when he died, bro man had a net worth of $8 million, okay? And I just think to me, when he was in that uh, space back and when he was coaching, the money wasn't that high. So we obviously invested, and he was, like you said, he was a staple of college basketball. And one of the things that I think about Bobby Knight, I personally feel, I don't know, if, because he's, he's a little before our times, you want to really be technical. He threw the chair out onto the floor when he was upset at a referee, right? That's one of the staple moments of college basketball and how a coach just shows his assertion and his, and his mental aggression. I kind of feel like he may have been that person that allows us to talk to the referee when you're not happy over a call. If you look at the culture of basketball, you can, excuse my French, you can you can complain to a ref. Hey, man, what kind of call is that? You, know, you can go at him. Ref, you have a casual conversation. He doesn't tech you up. You can't talk to an NFL ref. You can't. You talk to a baseball if you're rejected. I don't know how hockey is. My point is basketball has a culture of players being able to, we'll call it lightly argue, a lightly debate what took place with that referee's decision. I wonder if Bobby Knight kind of set that in place by just being so aggressive, verbal, throwing the chair out on the floor. He got a little mild technical foul for that. But let me tell you, we see that every year on highlights. That, and just a very assertive, aggressive coach that knew how to get it done and win. 83 is a good age. He made it. I would, it would have been nice to see him go a little bit longer. But um, big shout out to him. I also want to say he also coached Coach K in college. At um, and he also helped Coach K get his first coaching job at uh there, um, wow, losing it again at Duke. No, 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 at um, I just drawn a blank on the school uh uh West Point there uh the military okay, and he also helped out at Duke too as when he went left there, so he helped. Krzyzewski throughout his career and ironically it was Krzyzewski who passed him you know I mean yeah. two other coaches have to, as well since I believe it's Jay Wright and uh, Jim Beheim, but mm-hmm. Coach K stands on the top and it's all credit to Bobby Knight and also Bobby Knight's undefeated team is still the last undefeated team in uh, college basketball oh so that's the only team that went all the way and won it huh what about no, the no, no, that was the last team that was the last team that went undefeated and won. UCLA went undefeated like three years straight. That UNLV team went in 1991, lost to Duke. In 1990, they weren't undefeated. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. No, they were the last team to go undefeated. There was teams that have went undefeated. Okay. You know, so. But. <laughs> Final thing of the night. Ooh. Woo, let's get to these picks. <laughs> Whoa, last week's picks. Oh, true styles. Yeah, I struggled. There was a, and there was a crossfire. True styles went 0 and 2, bringing this total to 7 and 7. Let's get to the villain. Let me ask you a quick question before we get too far. So, if I'm 7 and 7, I'm broke, huh? That means I've lost no. money. No, you're, 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 <laughs> you, depending on the juice, depending on your bets. Yeah, you, you you want that one more win to be really ahead, okay. unless you know maybe maybe some of your sevens you had like a play that you really liked even more and put more than usual bother units on it. So okay. you're win you're you're one bet away. They consider you a pro at fifty one percent. Yeah, they are almost there. 
Yeah, man, love it. Let me keep my hands to the side a little bit because, whoo, the boy was hot last week. 2-0, baby. Woo. Word. 2-0. Okay, 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 okay. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> well, somebody yeah. got to win. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take them $1 bills and make it rain with your I gave money, you baby. Ten, I gave you a 10 bucks for Joe Burrow. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, yeah. So I'm 7-7 seven and seven as well. So I, I caught you quickly. I told you. Let's see at the end of the year. All right. Now there are no crossfires this week, so our pockets are okay. saved. True style. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm All doing. All right, let's go. With your first one. All right, I'm taking the Jags at two and a half over the 49ers. A home dog. Yeah, I think uh, I said this at the beginning of our season. I think the Brock Purdy story is going to come to a quick halt. Um, you know, it's been cute and all. You know, it's been fun to watch, and they call him Brady Junior. That's cool, but. It's big boy sports. At some point, they're going to catch on to what you're doing. You're going to learn your tendencies. You're going to be scouted, and you're going to be reported, and they're going to find how to slow you down a little bit. And I think he's uh, I think he's hit a little bit of a slight wall. Um, I think the Jags are surprisingly looking like one of the better teams in the NFL, let alone the AFC. You and I made mention. Trevor Lawrence is there. He's that dude, man, 6'6", got some wheels below him, and he's just – he's got it. I like Trevor Lawrence. And I just think that team is just one of those small market teams that we just continue to undermine. And I think the Niners uh, were good. I think they're uh, reality setting in. I just think this is where we can kind of make or break Brock Purdy. And I'm going to take a chance to say he's going to lose. I'll tell you this. I was eyeing this game. We almost had a crossfire. But mm-hmm. I, I know 49 is coming off a bye. If I knew Trent Williams was going to play, um, I would have probably went with the 49ers on you. I do think the Jags are playing well. I'm still not thinking the – I still think 49ers are still one of the best teams, if not the best team in football. Um, they were missing their best offensive tackle on Debo Samuel. That that changes things for me. Um, okay. But I am keeping an eye on that game for later, closer to game day, time. Okay. Um, go with your second one, True Styles. I am going to take – well, here's the way this one works. The Lions are uh, – they're favored over the Chargers, but I'm going to take the Chargers at one and a half over the Lions. Another um, home dog. Yeah, I, I just think uh, I like both these teams. I think the way it's working, I always talk about the narrative. Um, Detroit's been a, a surprising team, and they, they've been playing solid. I think the Chargers have been playing uh, underwhelming football. I think they're they're not playing up to their par. At some point, that switch got to get hit. At some point, Justin Herbert's going to have to put something on. And I always talk about narratives, and I think this is one of those games where, I hate to say it, but officiating is just going to make sure that this game is going to be a close game. I just feel the Chargers still have that edge because of Herbert, and I think the Lions are still riding on something that we're just not ready to accept. So I got the Chargers on that one. All right, we're going to go to my picks. Um, Mm. I'm going to take the Bengals, keeping them hot at minus seven. I know it's a big number, but Texans just had the fight from behind. Mm-hmm. To come from a big win. I don't like that high number, but I think Bengals are starting to roll. They're starting to get it figured out. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I don't mm-hmm. like that big number, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, okay. I, okay. Now, my mm-hmm. second game, I'm going to take the Ravens. Minus six versus the Browns. I don't know. I think the mm-hmm. Ravens is another team that's clicking. They see that uh, the Bengals are starting to turn it on. They want to keep that lead. I, I like I like the Ravens minus six. I don't think offensively the Browns are there. Like, I mean, they beat up Arizona with a 
some bubblegum scrub for a quarterback. <laughs> Yo, to aid to your point, I'm watching the uh, Ravens. Lamar Jackson is not throwing touchdowns, but he's winning, and he's winning the way he plays quarterback. And that's what I'm really starting to uh, – I'm embracing this, and I think it's about time that we have a player playing the way he naturally plays best, and he's still being regarded as one of the better QBs. Um, they're winning. And while we're at it, uh, I'm going to give a little shout-out to my boy Justin Blades. Listens to our pod every week, gives us good feedback, uh, actually extensive feedback. He really breaks it down. He told me he likes everything we do. The only thing he doesn't like, how I keep dogging his Eagles. So with that being said, Mr. Blades, I'm going to have to give you some uh, some props on this week, and I'm going to eat some crow. I've been dogging the Eagles for weeks. I under I underrated them. I thought the Dolphins were going to get them. The Eagles are finding ways to win every week. And Jalen Hurts is a bad dude, man. He took a nice hit to the knee last night, stayed in, played the game. They won. So big shout-out to Justin. Your feedback's been I, I can't describe it. It's, it's just it's been mountains of greatness, and I'm gonna eat some crow for you this week. I love it. Keep <laughs> listening, but hey, I do want to point out going on right now. Started tonight. College basketball is back. I'm hoping for another Final Four appearance for my boys. I am souped up. Um, True Styles, you got anything else? No, nah, I just gotta say that back to uh. GS14 mentioned this. I mean, the, the Eagles and that tush push. That's the other thing. That that that's just that's serious football, man. They got to get rid of that rule. Go back to the way it was. It, it's just it's kind of it's, it's basically you can just do that the whole way down the field now. You can get three odds every time. What, what makes you do anything else? <laughs> no, but uh, back to your topic, man. College basketball is gonna be live this year. I think now that we're seeing the NBA is getting soaked up. The NBA's got a NBA's kind of got a full plate. There's not really a lot of room anymore for, for any more stars. I think people are going to start focusing on college now. Um, I, I hate to say it. I think the NBA could use an expansion team or two. I think now you're seeing two to three what we call stars on each team. And I just think it's time to expand. And uh, if you really want to watch real basketball nowadays, I think college is where it is because I see defense. And uh, that that excites me as a basketball person. Yep. Oh, yep. Two more expansion teams, huh? I think yeah, they two need more them. You had two more expansion teams. Maybe Michael Jordan can win another ring because that's all he wins is with expansion teams. (laughs) (laughs) Or his first six years. (laughs) Love it. You got anything else? No, I'm really happy, man. I think uh, it's been a good good weekend, and I think this week is going to be healthy and productive for all. So big shout-out to everybody that's been listening, supporting us. Keep the feedback coming. Love you all. Please like, share, and subscribe below. Peace out. Yes, sir.